0: For our finances, oh good, they're a little blurry, yes, because I pulled it off of Facebook and I'm not smart enough to make it unblurry, all right, or I could tell you it's blurry because that's a picture live from Ireland where they are this morning. go with my first explanation. They are in Ireland this morning. I actually exchanged texts with them. They went to a church in Dublin last week. Um, They're going to a Gothic cathedral this morning. It's pretty cool. It is exciting. So a couple of board meetings back, we were asking our leadership to share some gifts that they have, some talents that they have. And Mr. Dick said, Mr. Winter said, he said, I used to have a talent like 40 years ago because he's been here a long time. Right, His kids were your guys' age, and he raised them here. Now he has grandkids that are your guys' age. He looked at us at the leadership meeting, and he said, I used to be able to sit anywhere in the sanctuary, and just by looking at a kid somewhere else, I could make them cry. <laughs> he told me that. Yeah, anywhere in a sanctuary. Sometimes the kids would even go running back to their parents. He could just simply look at them, and they would cry. Do you th- now that's not him now, okay, but do you think that if you lived 40 years ago, you would want to go hang out with him? Yeah. <laughs> Gabe would. How about the rest of you? Oh, not if he makes kids cry. Now look, 40 years later, he is a giant teddy bear and he loves kids. In fact, uh, Mrs. Winters told me that last week when he was at church in Dublin where he knows nobody, like three or four kids came up to him. He loves kids now, and next time he is when he is back, um, you go and give him give him a hug. Okay, take your parents with you and say, Pastor James said I give you a hug, and he will absolutely love it. All right, I'm gonna tell you a story today about a, another guy who loved kids. We're gonna pray first, and then I'm gonna tell it. Jesus, thank you for the joy in these kids. Uh, thank you for their their childlike faith. Uh, thank you for the way they can teach us, I pray that we would listen today uh, through childlike ears and see today through childlike eyes. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to tell you a story you've probably heard before, but you can just listen to it, all right? In Mark chapter 10, it says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw that happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And then he took the children into his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Yeah, kind of like that. That's exactly right. It's kind of like the wooden statue. Connie, somebody noticed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot like that. Thank you, Gabe. Lot like so yeah, we might come back to this, okay? Um so hey, listen, normally in this passage, pastors or Sunday school teachers, they'll focus on the part that's in red, the part that Jesus said. All right, but I'm going to focus on the part that's in black. That kind of tells the story beyond the story. Sound good? All right, so the verse starts off with this. One day, some parents brought their kids to Jesus so he could lay hands on them and bless them, but the disciples told them not to. They didn't want to bother Jesus. Why do you think the disciples kept the kids away? Any ideas? Say that again. Because children are fountains of germs. <laughs> <laughs> That is actually interesting. Hold, can you remember your idea? Okay. Actually, that's interesting because some really smart people who wrote a lot of books that I, I didn't read all of them, but I read some of them this last week, they said that some teachers, some rabbis back then didn't go around, around children because they thought that they would be spiritually dirty. Yeah, I see, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case because oftentimes Jesus would... Um, he would, he would talk about our faith needing to be like children. And there was actually this, this ritual back then where dads would bring their kids to the, to the synagogue and the, the pastors, the priests, would lay hands on their kids. So Jesus would have known that. So I don't think that's, that's why. But I agree with you, there are a lot of germs with kids. Okay? Uh, why else? Okay, because we're annoying. Okay, we're annoying. <laughs> I, I tend to disagree. I enjoy you greatly. I'm not going to let your mom say one way or the other. Um, it's interesting because you bring up another point. There's a lot of smart people that, again, wrote some books that, that said that in that day and age, back when Jesus walked to the earth, that a lot of people thought kids were annoying, basically, right? And they didn't value them very much. In fact, there was a piece of paper that was found from June 17th, A.D. 1, right? So we're in 2022, there's a piece of paper found in AD 1 from a dad who was writing to his wife, who had just had a baby, and a piece of paper said, if it's a boy, keep it. If it's a girl, give it away. So some people think that in that day, the disciples would have been keeping the kids away from Jesus because maybe people thought the kids were annoying. I don't think that's the case because I think Jesus really liked kids. Gabe, one more guess. What if the kids were too talkative? Would never happen. (laughs) Tessa? Um, Kids might have been considered a waste of time. Okay. I'm going to come right back to that. Tim, They drive parents crazy. crazy. Similar to McCade's answer. You guys got some good ideas. In fact, you you took all three of the ones I was going to share. Tessa, you said maybe kids would be considered a waste of time. You know what? Jesus was really busy, wasn't he? I mean, before this, before this part, he had been teaching a lot, he'd been healing a lot, he'd been around a lot of people. And actually, in this story, this starts the beginning of him going to Jerusalem, which is when he's going to have a really hard week, the toughest week of his life. And uh, the disciples may have just been trying to protect his time, like you said. They might have just been able to say, um, he's busy right now. But listen, Jesus heard them or saw them doing this trying to keep the kids away, and he was not happy about it. In fact, let me read what it says. In verse 14, it says, When Jesus saw them, what they were doing, he was angry with his disciples. Angry. That's not a strong enough word. You know what a stink eye is? No, no. There's a few of you who know what the stink eye is, all right? For those that don't know, parents, you know, okay? The stink eye is when a parent, when a kid is doing something wrong, right, and a parent just kind of looks at them with that look that says, you better stop it, right? (laughs) Thorin, you ever got a stink eye? No? Good for you. Um, Any of you guys ever get stink eyes from your parents? You ever, let me, you ever get the look? Gave you raise your hand. Parents, uh, don't turn around, kids. Have you ever gave them the stink eye? <laughs> we got hands raised. There's hallelujahs going on. That person's giving you the, the stink eye, right? But listen, I think when Jesus saw his disciples keeping the kids away, I think he gave them the stink eye. It doesn't say that in here, okay? It says that he was angry, which there's another translation that says he was much displeased. That's the King James Version. Another translation says he was indignant. It's the English Standard Version. And in the message, the translation says he was irate. He was not pleased. But you remember the story of, of Mr. Winters and how he could make somebody cry just by looking at him? Okay. If you saw a parent scolding a kid, would you want to go up to them and say Hi. Would you want to go up to them and say, hey, give me a hug? You know, if they're in the middle of giving their kids a stink eye, would you want to go over there? No. So I think Jesus turned around. I think he gave them the stink eye, the disciples. And I think he pulled them aside, and he said what he said in red here. Let the kids come to me. Don't stop them. All right? The kingdom of God belongs to people like these. Unless you enter the kingdom like this, you, like a kid, you won't enter it. Right? So I, I think he said that off to the side. And then I think he turned back around. And I think we missed this last verse, verse 16. It says, then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. All right, I wanna go back just a little bit. You guys gave me three different reasons why the disciples might have tried to keep the kids away. One of them was that the kids you know, take time. I wanna tell you this, Jesus is never too busy for kids. Okay, Jesus is never too busy for kids. Adults, that goes the same for you. He is never too busy for kids. All right? So the disciples try and keep the kids away. Jesus gives them a stink eye. Give me your best stink eye. Go ahead. Show me the look that your parents give you. when. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) All right? All right? Good. I think he turns and I think he gives them the stink eye. I think he then tells them, you let them come to me. And then I think he turns to them and there's just this joy on his face. Right? You ever seen that type of person that you do just want to give a hug to? You you may not know them, but they're like, ooh, that would be a fun person. We got a few of those people in here. So then verse 16 says, Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads, and he blessed them. Put his hands on their heads and blessed them. This verse shows me that Jesus is never too busy for kids. Never too busy. Now, when I was your guys' age and all the way up until this last week, whenever I pictured Jesus blessing the children, I pictured it something like this, okay? Kind of calm. You know, the moms bringing their kids. Interesting uh, fact, uh, kids, you won't catch this, but in the Greek, it's actually a masculine pronoun where it says the parents. Um, so more than likely, it was the dads bringing the kids, okay? So I always pictured Jesus blessing the children. I pictured just this calm, serene line. Mom's holding their kids' hands, right? Kind of like people waiting in line to go sit on Santa's lap in, in Christmas time. I always pictured that. Boy, but that changed this past weekend when I was studying this. In my translation, it says, then he took the children in his arms. In another translation that I read, it says he took the children in the crook of his arm. You know what the crook of your arm is? Gabe, come here. When you put somebody in a crook of your arm, it's like this, right? <laughs> right? You know, and when this happens, especially with my sons, what usually happens? There's poking, there's tickling, there's giggling, there's laughter. I think Jesus, I think he did a holy headlock. And again, it's, that's not in here. Okay, so don't go looking for that in here. But when it says he took the kids in the crook of his arm, that's what I think of. But this gets even better, okay? Right, we're picturing this, this, this line where each kid is waiting to come up and experience their holy headlock and, you know, what's that called, a noogie? The, the kids, I won't give you one of those. Okay, but, but the, the Bible doesn't says he took them, he doesn't say he took them one at a time. Listen to what it says. It says, Then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their head and he blessed them. So, does that sound like one kid or more than one? More. Yeah, their heads. My, mine has an S on it, it says heads. All right. I'm sorry. He places hands on their heads. And what, I mean, if you got, if you got two kids in a holy headlock, I mean, this is perfect. Like you put your hand here on this one. you put your hand here on that one. How many kids do you think Jesus could put in a headlock? Because the best I can do is two. But he can calm the storm with just a word. 3,000? 16? Maybe? 8? 10? Maybe all of you at once? Listen, whenever I put one of my kids in a holy headlock, well, it's not a holy headlock when I do it, the other one comes and jumps on me too. And then do you know what ends up happening? A dog pile. I think think the holy headlock turned into a divine dog pile. Oh, something like that. Something like that. Kids, listen, I, I realize, I realize that it doesn't say that in here. But if you think about what Jesus was going through, okay, he's on his, he's just been super busy, he's on his way to Jerusalem, he's got a lot of heavy things on his mind and heart. He's going he's to go through some really hard things. I think and that, he has some heavy things on himself. yeah, and he has some heavy things on himself too, I think he probably would have needed a chance to let his hair down, to laugh, to wrestle, to giggle, and to bless the kids. Yes, Tessa? Do you think he would have tag? I think he would have. Yeah. I think he would have played tag. I absolutely do. Yeah. Do I think he would play video games, do I think he played video games with you today? I do. I do. All right, let me wrap this up, okay? Let me wrap this up. When Jesus, he had the holy headlock, right, and the divine dogpile happened, I just picture them having so much fun. And when they, when they finally got tired, where well, they're all, when they... And they just can't laugh anymore. I picture Jesus placing his hands on each kid and blessing them. Now, in, in the Old Testament, which is basically all of this part, all sorts of fathers blessed their kids, right? Noah blessed Shem and Japheth. Uh, Abraham blessed Isaac. Isaac blessed Jacob. Jacob blessed his 12 sons. And each of the times in here when he blessed them, he gave each kid a specific blessing that was for each kid. So I don't think that when Jesus blessed the kids in these stories, it was just like, May you guys be blessed and do well in school, right? I, I actually think it was something very personal for each kid, and I think he looked them in the eyes, and I think he spoke truth into them. I'm actually really glad that we don't hear exactly what he said to each kid, because I think there's something intimate, something personal, that if Jesus were to whisper something, Gabe, in your ear, that you'd remember, Right? And I've got to think that the dads who had brought the kids to Jesus were probably sitting off to the side taking notes because, you know, when they got home, wives are going to say, so what exactly did Jesus say? <laughs> no dad will remember word for word, so they're over there taking notes. All right? Hey, in just a minute, we're going we're gonna to have a picnic. And after that picnic, I get to go away for three months. I kind of get a, a three-month grown-up timeout. Not because I'm in trouble, though. Okay? It's... Oh, but, but, but Pastor Matt is going to tell even better stories than I do because he's been all around the world so many times. Um, tons of times, yeah. <laughs> Ask him about it. Um, seven years ago when I did this before, one of the best parts about it, one of the things I remember most was when Abby and I and my boys were having dinner with some friends of ours, uh, some friends that she grew up with. They are Jewish Christians, and we celebrated a Shabbat, which is... Uh, which is a Sabbath. So on Friday night, the the dad would open the door, and he'd start the Shabbat by blowing a ram's horn so loud that it would wake up anybody in the neighborhood. And then we'd have all sorts of good food. And then there was all sorts of blessings that took place throughout the night. And one of those blessings was the father blessing the kids. And I got to lay my hands on my sons and bless them. And it was probably the thing I remember most about that entire trip, because it was so powerful that I couldn't stop crying when I, when I blessed them. It was so amazingly deep when I got to look into their eyes. And, and I said a scripted blessing, but then I got to say a personal blessing too. And I actually wanna give your parents this opportunity to do that for you. So I'm gonna invite parents, grandparents, whoever brought these kiddos to come on up to the front, okay? Y'all gotta get, you get to come on up, and you get to sit down right where your kids are at. Um, And uh, if you need to, parents, if you're like me and you have trouble getting back up, Johnny, uh, you're already down. I'll help you up when you're done. Um, If you need to sit on a chair and have your kids come to you, that'll be good. Um, This may be slightly different than it was for me seven years ago because this was in the middle seven years ago of an entire evening service. But I want these parents to be able to bless you guys. Okay? Individually. And uh, kids, if if you've got parents that are that are near you, uh, if, if you're sitting with them, parents, just go ahead and lay your hands on, on your kids where they're at. If you've got somebody in mind that's not here, maybe it's a grandkid, an aunt a, or a niece, a nephew, a neighbor, um, but we're going to pray. And I am going to say this out loud and then you guys will repeat it after me. It'll kind of be like a wedding. I'm going to go through it really slowly, okay? We'll give you guys a chance to repeat after me to your kids. And at the end of it, I'm actually going to have a time where you guys pray over your kids individually, and then I will pray loud enough so that you guys can pray quietly to your kids. Does that makes sense? So church, I want to invite you into this blessing of the kids. While the parents lay hands on their kids, they can put them on their heads, their shoulders, their cheeks, I pray that this is a holy moment. Let's, let's pray together. Parents and body, you guys repeat after me, everybody together. May the Lord protect and defend you. May he always shield you from shame. May you you come to be a shining name name. in your homes, In homes, in in your schools, and wherever God leads you. May you be like Ruth and Ephraim. May you be deserving of praise. praise. Strengthen them, O Lord. Lord. And keep them from the stranger's ways. ways. May May God bless you. May he grant you long lives. May the, Lord our for you. May the Lord fulfill our prayer for you. May God make you good friends and siblings. May, God make you good and siblings. May he surround you with people, you with people. Who, love you. who love and care for you. May the Lord protect and defend you. May the Lord, protect and defend you. May the Lord preserve you from pain. Favor these children, O oh Lord, oh Lord, with happiness and peace. Jesus, hear our prayer this morning. All right, parents, you go ahead and with each child that you've got up here, whether it's one, two, three, or more, pray a specific prayer over them while I pray for our body. Lord God, I thank you so much that you have given us families. Lord, I know that not every family looks the same. I know that they they all don't have the same mom, the same dad, the same aunt, the same uncle, the same grandparents. Some families have one kid, some have more, some have none, and these these adults are raising other people's kids. They're they're pouring into them. Lord God, we want to be a church that blesses the children like you do. We never want to have the feelings that they are a burden to us like like they are annoying or like they're, like they're unclean lord we never want to we never want to have that feeling like they are a